This is the Pathways to Greatness podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Forrester. In this episode, I am reading chapters two and three of Unleash Potential, and that's getting to know who you are is important and importance of leveraging your strengths. I'm really, really enjoying going back and, and rereading my book, and I, I hope this is beneficial to you as well. Um, these two chapters just have me thinking and making me understand what I need to do and what I'm not doing to unleash more of my potential. I have gaps, and this has been such a great reminder, and I enjoy it. <laughs> I'm really proud of this book. I wish I would have done this um, monthly after I wrote it, because in all honesty, again, I don't think I've read this since I wrote this, and I'm really proud of it. Really, really proud of it. So, hope you guys enjoy. Here we go. Getting to know who you are is important. Why is understanding who you are so important? Well, it seems like a simple question to answer. If you dig in, you will discover it's not so cut and dry. We are all unique individuals. In my opinion, everything starts with understanding who you are. Understanding who you are, including your strengths and weaknesses, will not only help you develop, it will help you raise your children better, have a deeper relationship with your spouse, partner, family members, and friends. It will also help you become a better professional. Personal development requires a lifelong commitment because as we age, we are always learning and we have an opportunity to grow each day that passes. If we aren't paying attention to this, then we will miss critical opportunities to take advantage of challenges to overcome. Take me, for instance. I know that I suffer from anxiety and obsessive thinking which can be harmful. Thoughts will get into this brain and spin out of control, and the biggest issue is when it's not a positive, exciting thought. It's the worst-case scenario almost all the time. I have a son that has the same brain. I can see it in his eyes when something gets into his head and starts spinning. He has had this since he was small. When he was two years old, my wife told him in the summer, maybe July or August, that we were going to Walt Disney World and showed him a picture of the castle, and this started a daily discussion about Castle in January. Anytime something Disney popped up, he talked about it. I know this is a simple example most parents can relate to, but I wanted to provide this as a fun example because there are other similar situations not as fun to share. I realized my obsessive thinking was a weakness. Still, I also overcame it. Considering I was honest with myself and worked to understand the triggers and tips to help me overcome them, I can share these with my son and others. Anyone with these thoughts needs to know you are not abnormal for thinking this way. It is critically important to understand yourself because it will and does impact others. I have also experienced not knowing or just avoiding ignoring strengths. Ignoring your strengths often isn't the challenge, but it happens. There are dangers in this as well. I have a double whammy of a weakness, pushing me to avoid strength, and this is where the danger lies. As I explained earlier about my childhood, I was an introverted fat kid with a very low self-image and self-esteem, and this created a roadblock for my strengths. I was so concerned with what others would think or say, a weakness, I wasn't willing to share my thoughts on how we should plan and organize a task or goal. Turns out, planning and processing a plan and purpose is one of my strengths, and it went unnoticed and was detrimental to the team or my family. I knew this was the right thing to do, 
or the right path to take. However, my weakness blocked my strength, which means I avoided using my strength. Strengths and weaknesses work together, and neither one should be avoided. We know we have both, but our humility keeps us from wanting to brag about our strengths, whether they are or aren't, we think they are, or confess our weaknesses because we will be judged. Focusing too much on either creates an imbalance and inefficiency. Spending too much time on your strengths can provide some success, but eventually you will reach a ceiling because your weaknesses cap your potential. Conversely, if you focus too much on your weakness, it establishes a victim mentality and you will never achieve the potential you were made for. See, they equally cause a problem. I can tell you from personal and professional experience that not being honest about both is dangerous. If you don't believe me, there are tons of history books containing story after story about this same topic. Let's look back at history and why we probably fear sharing our weaknesses. When I was a child, my parents took my brother and me to church and Sunday school, and I enjoyed hearing the stories in the Old Testament. One of the most familiar, maybe not in detail, but familiar nonetheless, is of Samson and Delilah. Samson was the strongest man alive and was blessed by God from birth. Samson's strength came from his hair, and God told him never to cut it. God chose Samson to lead the Israelites out of bondage from the Philistines. Samson had many stories of where his great feats of strength and violence left the Philistines in awe and fear of him. They tried everything, and finally they convinced Delilah to annoy him and play on his emotions until he told her. After telling her, she told the others, and they came in, shaved his head, plucked out his eyes, and threw him in prison. Okay, whether you are a Bible believer or not, the moral of the story is to keep your weaknesses a secret so other people won't take advantage of them, right? Take, for instance, political campaigns. They pry on weaknesses and spend millions of dollars exploiting those to make themselves look better. No wonder people are afraid to share their vulnerabilities. No wonder people allow their weaknesses to fester. Festered weaknesses inhibit full potential and personal growth. For me, it is the fear of judgment. Let's be real. Having my eyes plucked out seems almost better than being shunned or being judged. Stop and think about it. How many times have you wanted to share something and didn't because you didn't want others judging you? Think about a deep, dark secret that you know others won't agree with or understand, but you battle with the demon by yourself. The shame of disappointing others may be the scariest thing keeping people from sharing a weakness, but in all honesty, you will never take the power away from that until you step up and ask for help. Any little thing that distracts you from being the best you can be is the problem. Our habits are in control, and like someone said, habits eat willpower for lunch. So many of us ignore our weaknesses, and take it from me, when you ignore them, they will bring you to your knees when you least expect it. Don't allow your weaknesses to take your power away from you. Find a safe person or group of people and go to work. Each of you share because because either you can all work on the same together, or each of you can help inspire the other. We will get more into some of the ideas on this later. The main thing is that we need to change our narrative and applaud other people's strength and praise someone for sharing their weaknesses. Strengths and weaknesses need to be shared, leveraged, and improved if we want to see changes we know are possible. What are the best ways to do this? Like I said before, we are all different and our past experiences will play into the best ways to uncover our strengths and weaknesses. 
Some people can sit down with a piece of paper and list their strengths and weaknesses, and through this can create an advantageous starting point. If this is you, great. So why did you need to read a book to sit down to do this? Think about that one for a minute. I feel I can do this now with reasonable accuracy, but the only reason I can is that I listened to previous discussions about my strengths and weaknesses. I'm sure, though, I have blind spots. I need others' input on if I'm looking to increase my potential even further. I may not have fully acted, I mean, being consistent over a long period of time, on working on my weaknesses before, but I remember what I was told. I'll admit I want to be the best version of who I was created to be, and receiving feedback and coaching is all part of the development. Some of this comes from genuine curiosity, but it also comes from my low self-esteem, self-image, and wanting to be accepted by everyone. When you have this going on, you are constantly beating yourself up for not being perfect. The problem with working on weaknesses due to this is all you are doing is masking one for the other. The real gap needing attention is the self-image and self-esteem and not the obvious one. Because you, until you get the, to the root cause addressed, you won't get where you want to be. Another way is to conduct a formal or informal 360-degree feedback session. Side note, for those unfamiliar with what a 360-degree feedback session is, it's where you send out requests to multiple people and anonymously those people answer a series of questions that will provide feedback to you to work on. This is very valuable and very scary. Prepare yourself for this one and get your head right. I'm serious. If you're not in a good, confident, healthy space, you should seek a professional therapist because the hard truth can rock your world. The one word of advice is that this exercise will help you more than it will hurt you. Put your ego aside and understand everything you hear can be worked on if you want to. Gaining outside feedback is helpful because we create an internal dialogue of excuses for our weaknesses and shortcomings. And we also limit being proud of our strengths because we don't want to look like we're bragging. Embrace both without emotion. Approach a 360 with an open mind because it will provide a helpful, helpful list of things that you can leverage more of and a list of things that have been holding you back. Take off the chains of your weaknesses by taking ownership of them and being intentional on improving them. If doing a 360-degree feedback session isn't an option for you right now or you just don't want to do one, there are many different personality assessments like DISC that will objectively share strengths and weaknesses. It's called DISC because personalities can be summarized into four different categories. Dominant, influencing, steady, and compliant are what spells DISC. Every person possesses DISC elements, but there is always a trait that surfaces to the top and sometimes a combination of the others. These create the equation for your personality and some of the strengths and weaknesses most have. Personality types have been around since 400 BC when Epicletus Define them as the elements of earth, wind, fire, and water. And Hippocrates described them as caloric, sanguine, phlegmatic, and melancholy. These evolved into DISC when William Marston redefined them in 1926. Our personality types are shaped by our environment, role models, and heredity. These things play an essential role in who we are. I like personality tests because it's scary how close these tests will nail are key traits and offer suggestions. A critical part to remember is to answer these based on the area of life you are focusing on. 
We all can be different in our professional life versus our home life, so pick one and think of answers as they pertain to that area you have selected. On top of that, personality tests aren't just fun exercises. They need to be a part of your playbook to unleash your potential. Whenever I've asked people if they've taken one, many say yes and know their place on the wheel, their top letters or colors, or that's where it stops. Don't waste your time and money if you aren't willing to put in the work and recommendations offered. Find someone to help you understand and apply the data. Reading this book won't help by itself. Be intentional about being a better you. Importance of Leveraging Your Strengths Do you know what is so funny about success? It's that if you want to have success, you need to experience success. This means you need momentum. But how do you get momentum? Momentum is defined by the impetus force that makes something happen or happen more quickly. I had to look it up. Gained by moving an object. You can't hope for momentum. You must take action. You must stand up and hold yourself accountable for finding something you can have success with right away. So how do you do that? Look to your strengths first. Your strengths are your strengths for a reason and they come easy to you, right? This is the first step in creating momentum and why it is so important to leverage your strengths. Take notice I didn't say lean on them because that is passive, but leverage them. It was August 1991 and my father had passed away a month earlier and my eating was way out of control. I had bulked up to a whopping 270 pounds. I was fortunate to have a 6'2 frame to carry the weight, but who are we kidding? I was fat. This was me at my heaviest and I had finally had enough. I had tried gimmicks from TV first because I thought I could just wear something that would create heat on my body, the weight would fall off, and I would look like the guy in the ad. Wrong. That was my lazy brain taking over. I knew I needed to put work in, and with my fixed mindset, I created so many excuses I wasn't going to do it on my own. I'm going to pause the story and ask if you remember when I spoke about the disc personality profile. Well, I am a high S, which is characterized as a team player guy. I'm good in groups because they motivate me, and I'm great at motivating others. I'm also a C, which is data-driven. I like charts and checklists and being able to look over and track performance. This is a strength of mine. Ask anyone who knows me. Unpause. I knew I needed a group to help me get motivated and hold me accountable since I couldn't do it on my own, and I plan I could follow. I got to work on recruiting my group. The first, the roommate of a former coworker. He was my complete opposite. Long hair, tattoos, drove a black Stingray Corvette and said anything that came to his mind. This is my guy. I knew he wouldn't let me off the hook and he knew something about exercising. The second was a great friend who was also a former coworker and one of my game buddies I mentioned earlier. He was in the same boat as me. So I knew he wouldn't be judgmental and we would motivate each other along the way. We did some research and landed on a plan with supplements, a diet plan, and a workout schedule with a chart. Did I mention I love charts? We dug in and followed that plan to a T. My workout regimen was consistently five to six days a week. On Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I trained my chest and back. On Thursday and Saturday, I trained my legs and staggered these regimens in the following weeks. We were diligent and the weight started falling off and I was getting stronger. In the first month, I dropped 20 pounds. I was ecstatic at the progress. Finally, I started to gain some momentum. We stayed on track for the 90-day plan and I finished the plan 
losing a total of 30 pounds. What a huge accomplishment for a kid who needed a win. The problem was that after the 90 days were over, I lost my focus on the eating because I didn't learn anything and just followed directions, but I gained momentum. I continued working out and gained a ton of strength. I didn't really understand it at the time, but I found success whenever I leveraged the strengths I had because they came easy or natural for me. I needed a group of people to cheer for and cheer me on, and I also needed to track my success to keep me on track. Support groups and checklists aren't unique to me, but I utilize them in my processes and training. Some may not be so accepting of support groups and checklists. The mere mention of those two words make their skins crawl. Another important aspect to leveraging your strength to create momentum is celebrating the wins. You must do this. Your brain needs it. Your soul needs it. This is where my chart came into play during my initial weight loss and then when I lost the rest of my weight. Following and setting up a chart came easy to me because I am a visual person and I knew that much, but I didn't know it was essential to my success. I just knew I liked to track everything. I kept marking and writing down the weights I was gaining on my lifts and losing on my body. It was awesome. One one I was going up and one I was coming down, and weekly we would all look at our notebook and congratulate one another. These celebrations motivated us to keep going, and we did. Seeing the success and tracking it encouraged me to add more weight to the lift the following week and push and be more diligent in eating the right foods. Funny how that works. Add more weight, get stronger, eat better, and lose more weight. Do more of the right thing and accomplish more, right? I thought I had it all figured out, but didn't realize it wasn't me that had started this momentum. It was my strengths. I started to rely on my workout gang and my chart, and why not? These were formula to success. I was getting stronger and losing weight. Well, like most relationships in life, these started to fade a bit. Not because of anything bad. They just did. One friend moved out of town and another got a girlfriend. I thought, now what do I do? My workout gang was no longer here. Who was going to push me? Tracking goals weren't fun anymore because I had no one to celebrate with. I had relied on these two and my chart so much I had ignored working on the weaknesses that caused me to be fat. I was relying solely on these two strengths to create momentum, which it did. But when a small obstacle presented itself, it mostly came to a screeching halt. Have you encountered a situation like this before? Everything is going great, almost too great and too easy. Strengths are perfect for creating momentum because the winds come quickly, but you can become complacent or even careless because it does come easily. When you least expect it, it's something stops the momentum you never anticipated. Working out was difficult, but by leveraging the natural strengths I had, I was able to have success and work through the difficult times. I could do what came naturally and start a process I was comfortable with, and through leveraging those strengths over and over and having the momentum of success, I don't need a group to cheer me on. I like it and thrive in it, but I don't need it. Think about the things you enjoy doing and the things that just seem to come more naturally to you versus other people. Don't limit yourself and don't use logic yet. Just write everything down you can think of. And when you run out of words, then ask a friend or loved one to look it over and add any strength you may have missed. Don't be shy and don't be humble. Just write. I'm giving you permission to not be humble and brag on yourself. I keep mentioning this because this isn't easy. 
Most people really struggle with recognizing their value and strengths. If you start to get stuck, reflect on the project or task that you crushed and start to write down the reasons why you were so successful. I bet it was because of some of your outstanding natural strengths. Now, this is the time to start assigning your strengths to a different area of your life. Some you may already be using and some you may not have considered helping in that area. This is fun. You're on a roll. Are you naturally a talker? Do you like to connect like-minded people together? Are you great at organizing? Everyone has strengths that will assist them in unleashing their potential if they are recognized and leveraged. The next step is to identify your top 10 strengths, write them on separate post-it notes, and put them somewhere you will see them every day. I put mine around my mirror, and I did this to program my brain to know how strong I am and what I need to leverage to get more out of my life. What is fun about this is if you had 10 people do this exercise and put them next to one another, no one would have the same 10. Embrace this because great teams accomplish so much more when everyone puts aside ego and allows strengths to be leveraged. Doesn't it feel great to see where you can unleash more of your potential by leveraging your strengths where you hadn't considered before? I'll share another personal example that may help paint a better picture. It was 2006 and I reserved my first promotion of my career. I became a training manager with a small pharmaceutical company. My boss assembled the best team I had ever worked on. Not only did we like each other, but we all had different strengths. The team was tasked to create a training program from the ground up. We had to put together initial training, continual rep training, launch meetings, facilitator guides, etc. It was a dream come true, and boy, did we all learn a lot. We all knew each of us had strengths and were being led to embrace those, and we flourished. We had some creative minds on our team. One guy could come up with some fantastic big ideas that were fun and would impact the classes we would be training. I'm laughing to myself with some of the ideas he came up with. I'll just say one whole meeting was centered around a cowbell. No one, and I mean no one, who was at that meeting will ever forget it. Another member of our team was the thinker we desperately needed. No stone would be unturned, and he thought everything through to ensure we had all of our bases covered. He would find things that we missed or hadn't considered. He also was the smartest of the team. This guy was a product and marketplace wizard, and combine that with a great personality, he wowed any room he was in front of. With all of us young men, who would charge after anything? We needed a calming demeanor that would reel us all back in. She was more our senior and was the voice of reason to keep us focused on the audience we were working for. We would get excited about our ideas and needed to have someone more level-headed ask some good questions to make sure we had not just thought of a great idea, but thought of how others would react. Then there was me. I have always been able to be a jack of all trades. I can blend with each person on a team and help balance each of them to encourage them to do their best. It's funny when I think about it. I have a little of each and a lot of ability to get each unique individual to work as a team. Does that make sense? I could get the creative mind of our team to share his idea to the team and start asking some basic questions that would then get the thinker to start his thorough analysis of it all. As that went on, I would work with the team member who provided us with the balance and peace on gaining her feedback. This enabled us to be able to deliver it to the others so they would be able to process it in their own way. It was a perfect storm of talent. And then there was the team leader. 
He was the conductor of the whole thing. Without his leadership and allowing us to go, it would not have worked. His strength was the lack of ego and a servant leadership mentality. He knew just when to serve up a well-placed question that would have us all pump our brakes or mash down on the accelerator. We accomplished so much. I never worked harder and enjoyed every second of it because we all leveraged our strength to accomplish our goals. I share this example to reinforce that by leveraging our strengths, we can accomplish so much whether we were on a team or working solo. We were fortunate because it just happened, but imagine if we knew more of who we were and where our strengths could be leveraged more. Where would you fit in on that team? Where do you fit in on your team professionally, at home, or at your church? You have a lot to offer this world, and you need to know that you can raise your hand. Most importantly, use your strength to improve on your weaknesses. Why try to do things the hard way? Once we start considering your weaknesses, I will ask you to go back and look at how your strengths will help you. Let's tie all of you together to unleash your true potential with less effort. It's not about the talent you have, but the mindset you bring to it. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, hands down, has to be considered one of the most elite athletes to ever walk the earth. Why was it his athletic ability? Possibly. But for me, it was the mindset and the willingness to prepare better than anyone else is truly what made him elite. Today, our student athletes are facing challenges that haven't ever been seen before. So much social media, actively having to market themselves, the transfer portal, NIL, it goes on and on. And not to mention, they have to keep their grades up. Winging it and just seeing what happens is not the strategy needed, but it's what most athletes, coaches, and parents are using. You have to be intentional. You have to invest in skills that scale with life. With this highly competitive environment, how do student athletes separate themselves from the crowd? Be elite. Apart from having athletic statistics and grades, what does this mean? Well, let me introduce you to the Elite Edge 90-Day Program. The Elite Edge 90-Day Program is designed to assist the student athlete to develop the mental performance to have the self-discipline, self-awareness, and focus necessary to navigate internal and external challenges. The program will also assist in developing a real specific plan that will help them achieve their own individual goals. Each athlete will also be able to communicate their mission, vision, and values that make them unique. Imagine how this will be received when they are looking to differentiate themselves during the recruiting process. What will be learned in these 90 days can be used for the rest of their lives. This is scalable. I'm offering the Elite Edge program live or virtual and one-on-one group or team options are available. So reach out today to learn more about the Elite Edge 90-day program and highlight coaching and consulting.